1: Welcome to the Creator Trey Podcast. My name is Trey Cook. Today, I have a very special guest, Chris from Acme Villain Support. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing great, Trey. How about yourself?
1: I'm doing awesome. So would you mind telling the audience a little bit about yourself?
0: Yeah. Um, so I uh, I started the channel, Acme Villain Support, uh, back in March of 2021, because uh, I had a single skit that I wanted to get off my head, which was uh, denying... Uh, insurance coverage to the Empire uh, for the destruction of the Death Star because they didn't buy exhaust port covers uh, for the exhaust port that the Proton Torpedo went down. And uh, I figured I'd get that video out of my head and out in the internet and no one would ever see it and I could be happy with my life. But a lot of people saw it and asked for a lot more. And now two years later, uh, I have almost 300,000 followers across uh, all my socials. Uh, Middle of starting a business, launching a merch store, and everything else. So it's interesting the little, the adventures life takes you on that you don't expect.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. It's really neat how one small idea can really catapult your life in a different direction.
0: It is. And looking back, I wish that I had had the foresight to, to even just say, what if this blows up and be prepared to handle that? Cause it's been a year and a half of just figuring out how do I turn this fun hobby into something more. And if I'd been prepared, I probably could have done that much sooner and done much better than I have, but you know, we, we, we all learn from our mistakes.
1: Right. Well, I thought I would do a quick, a quick fun, uh, quick round with you today Go for it. to start with. So yeah. I'm uh, going to start with a couple or a genre and I'd like you to tell me your favorite property. I'd say book or movie, but, you know, there's so much crossover these days. It's really, right. really the same. <laughs> All right. So uh, first off, what's your favorite uh, property in the fantasy genre? Um,
0: huge fan of the Dresden Files, which is kind of like uh, urban fantasy. Um, that would be my absolute favorite.
1: Right. Uh, those are the, I just started the first book uh, since you
0: recommended it to me. Really enjoyed that. So what about science fiction? Science fiction, um, I'm a huge fan of, uh, if you know who Larry Niven is, uh, he is a, a <clears throat> quote-unquote hard science uh, fiction writer, meaning that he doesn't have like mystical, unexplainable things. He actually has the science behind his explanations and his ideas. Um, he wrote a series called Ringworld, which was my favorite. Uh, The first book, Ring World, is amazing.
1: Awesome. Uh, That reminds me a bit, the hard science angle reminds me a bit about The
0: Martian. Did you read that? I I did not, but I'm familiar with it. And yeah, it's the same kind of thing where it's, it's all based on real science. It's not jumping 700 years in the future and being able to not explain how stuff works. It's all very much explained, the science and the physics and everything else.
1: Awesome. So what about the comics and superhero genre?
0: Um, I am so uh, I'm going to age myself here. Uh, My favorite comic growing up was G.I. Joe, uh, because my favorite character was Snake Eyes. Um, I grew up right when Ninja Turtles. I was like 10 when the Ninja Turtles cartoon came out. So ninjas were all the rage and Snake Eyes was the coolest of them. That is so. I remember bits and pieces uh, when I was young. It was more like
1: the. Did you ever watch The Thundercats? Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. That was. And it's really hard to find stuff like that, those older uh, TV shows anymore. Mm-hmm. Especially really all the fun remakes and stuff
0: that. Because either they're not available or they've been remade and the remakes all that's available. Right. Like exactly. <laughs> all right. Uh, what about Mystery? Uh, see, I've never been huge into mystery. Um, like I I like the mysteries that I've read, but it's not something that I go seeking out. Um, honestly, the one that comes to mind, the mystery is the book, the Westing game that I had to read in school when I was a kid.
1: I don't remember that book. I don't think they had that in the curriculum when I, when I got (laughs) there, um, not to age you any further, but I don't remember that book at all. So it's actually really interesting. Would you consider like the, um I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, Stephen F- uh, Fry did a reading of all the Sherlock Holmes books. And I don't know if you'd consider those mystery. You
0: know what? That's a good point. I guess I would consider those mysteries. And that being the case, like the minute you said that, like images of Benedict Cumberbatch, just fill my head. And yes, uh, the Sherlock Holmes, the the recent series, the BBC series, uh, if that qualifies as mystery, which I think it does, would absolutely be my favorite uh, in that genre. Thanks for bringing that up.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's it's one of those weird things because in the Sherlock Holmes, especially the books, you don't, like, I don't know if a mystery is required to have all of the elements laid out so you can solve the mystery because a lot of those early Sherlock Holmes books kind of didn't. Right. Um it was more of telling a, a dramatic story.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: All right. Uh last one, and this one might not be uh, up your alley at all, but uh horror or thriller.
0: Um I actually really enjoyed the movie Event Horizon. Uh if you're familiar with that, as far as like serious horror or thriller, um that uh so event horizon actually uh recently has been people said that it is actually part of the warhammer 40k universe it's humanity's first contact with the warp um but then uh as far as comedy horror goes uh tucker and dale versus evil wins over everything else i
1: haven't so i've heard like i've heard the name invention uh, event horizon mentioned a few times um and also Warhammer 40K, which I've never gotten into.
0: Neither have I. But
1: <laughs> uh,
0: Tucker and Dale versus Evil is a comedy. It came out, I don't know, five, ten years ago. And it's uh, 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 the guy who plays Wash in Firefly. I can't remember the actor's name now. Um, and another dude. And they just play these country guys. And there's college kids. And there's horror elements. And it's just funny and gory. And yeah, it's just enjoyable.
1: That, that sounds like a lot of fun. Might have to look for that one. It would be fun to watch with my sister. Yep. So now on to some of the uh, more normal questions for you. Sure. Um,
0: so how do you come up with your videos for Acme Villain Support? Um, so I, I am big into improv and everything I do is improvised. I don't, really, I don't write scripts um, because when I write a script down, I feel beholden to it. I feel like I have to say everything in the script, every word. And uh, I'm kind of a perfectionist and improv gives me the freedom to basically not be perfect and still have fun. And I find that the result of that is that I do better than if I did spend time writing out a script. So um, I'll, it'll be anything from I, I get a funny idea or I read a joke and I go, oh, I can make that joke about this character. Or someone asks, hey, can you do a video about the Predators versus this person or the Borg versus that person? Which are two of the series that I've done, uh, long-running series. Uh, like today I did, I, did, I did a remake of a video that I had the idea for um, about a year and a half ago. I posted on YouTube. Uh, was a call with Scar from The Lion King trying to warn him away from using the hyenas and to hire henchmen off of our henchman registry instead. Um, and just, you know, warning him about, you know, the hyenas, you can't trust them, et cetera. Um, just a, a video like that. It's just the idea of like, you know, what, what kind of call can I have with a cartoon lion? Right. That's it. The same kind of conversation you'd have with a mob boss who just hired on, uh, you know, a, a, an underling he can't trust, but it's just, it's a lion instead of a guy
1: right um very very uh when you said that it reminded me cuz i you know when you read books and stuff like that it, everything goes back to that it reminded yeah. me i can't remember his name but gimpy from the from the first dresden book um just you have him you trust him but he's not reliable as anything right um but that makes a lot of sense actually i find that myself a lot of times when i try and write a script or something or I have something it normally doesn't work out eventually I'm just like I'm just gonna do it and once it's done it's done
0: yeah and the advantage I get is I, I can record the call once and then watch it and say okay I want to say this differently in, in this situation or that and I can record it five or six times making small adjustments as per what I saw could be better um, but then I can, st- I can still be happy with it. I can think about what puns and what jokes can I make about the topic? Uh, get it submitted. Sometimes people in comments are like, Hey, you missed this joke or that joke. And I'm like, Oh, you're right. And then I can re-record it or make a part two and include that joke.
1: That, yeah, that's awesome. How many times, uh, do you usually redo a video before you post it?
0: Uh, anywhere from two to 50. It really, really depends. Uh, sometimes it's because I don't like what I've recorded. Sometimes it's because I can't stop stuttering. Uh, Sometimes it's because I can't say a word unless I say it slowly and saying it slowly sounds unnatural. So then I spend 20 minutes trying to find a different word or different phrasing that works. Um, It, it, uh, typically most videos are done within five or 10, uh, five or 10, uh, uh, takes. Uh, but it can't, I mean, I, there's videos that I've spent seven, eight hours just working on one video, recording it over and over and over again until I'm happy with it.
1: That makes sense. I've had the same thing. I've noticed that you've done a little bit more on your YouTube lately. Do you plan on making any
0: uh, longer form videos? Yes. Yeah, we do. Uh, So right now the long form videos we've got are all compilations of short form series. Um, But the original idea for the whole villain support thing was what if we took the show The Office and turned it into a show about an office full of people who support villains instead? And so the, the long term goal is to start doing, you know, actually writing stuff down and doing a, a, like an episodic series about villain support that it's about the villains. But it's really about the characters in the office and the shenanigans between them and how they handle the situations happening both internally and externally.
1: That's that's such a cool idea. I'm uh, definitely going to keep my eye out for that. Cool. So on the videos that you've made so far, how what are some of your favorite videos that you've made?
0: Um, The the Scar one was actually a personal favorite, which is one of the reasons I remade it. I went and looked and saw it wasn't on YouTube yet. And I'm like, yeah, I get to do that one again. That's fun. And I got to change it up and kind of change the approach a little bit. Look at the old one and say, what did I like about it? What didn't I like about it? Um, I did a video uh, with Megatron uh, in that he was stressed out and I was trying to sell him essential oil infused uh motor oil um i did a call with ursula from the little mermaid uh trying to sell her armor uh like you know the dress that she wears trying to sell her an armored dress that could grow with her because she can she can grow large um like in the end of the movie um and then she dies because she gets stabbed by the by the prow of a ship And the whole gag was like, you know, hey, you know, you you know, we we can armor plate your dress for you if you want. It'll still grow and shrink with you. And, uh, you know, what if a boat runs into you? You'd be protected. And she says no. And, of course, we know the end result of that. Um, The other one was one I did just the other day uh, was a call with Sauron. And this goes back to, like, the end of the Silmarillion where Morgoth, who was the Dark Lord uh, in Lord of the Rings lore, Morgoth has just been defeated. Um, and all of his forces have been destroyed. But I my, from my character's perspective, John, my my character John doesn't know that. So he's leaving a voicemail for Sauron saying, hey, i I haven't heard from Morgoth in like a week and a half, we were supposed to have a conference call about uh, about uh, getting ready for the invasion of the Valar. Um, if you talk to him, can you have him, get, you know, just give me a call back or you know, let me know if I made him angry or something? I want to work with you guys again. And then obviously, the, you know, the, the, the uns- the unspoken unseen consequences of that are that Sauron calls and is like, yo, Morgoth is dead. I'm I'm the Dark Lord now.
1: Right. <laughs>
0: that sounds, that
1: sounds like a lot of fun. I bet that there's a lot of ideas that just kind of pop into your head when it comes to that.
0: There are. And I would say there's more that I have an idea for that I go, I can't make that right now because I don't have the resources whether it's money or equipment or setting, there's more that I can't do than I can do.
1: That's that's too bad. Uh, hopefully that you, you'll be able to get to those ideas soon. Yeah, it'd be fun. So one thing that I've heard from creators who kind of delve into more uh, fan groups is some fan groups are more okay with, certain forms of content than others have you found that like is there certain fan groups who kind of view your content as a a bad
0: thing for their fan community i haven't had that um the the main negative responses i get honestly are randos who find me on facebook or or instagram i've only i haven't had negative comments on on tiktok or youtube yet who are like who are like i don't understand what this is why is YouTube, why is Facebook recommending this to me and just complaining that they they don't think it's funny? Uh, to which my response is, sorry, you didn't like it. I can make sure you don't see it again and I block them. Um, but other than that, like every, every fan group of every franchise I've done has said they love the fact that I'm doing it. Um, the closest I think that it's come is just with all the controversy about um, JK Rowling's comments about trans people um, is that when I've done calls recently having to do with the Harry Potter properties, um, I do get some people messaging me and being like, Hey, I wish you wouldn't give attention to her property, et cetera. Um, and I understand that perspective, uh, but uh, it, it it's, it's the prerogative of each creator to make right. the content they do and don't want to make. And it's the prerogative of each of each media consumer to consume the media they do and don't want to consume.
1: Right. It, so I'm definitely not going to tread anywhere near uh, that kind of stuff, but it is like, there is, it's too bad that sometimes artists and other creatives uh, have such a fractured
0: fan base but I don't it is. Want... Sorry, uh, what were you going to say? No, I, I say it, it, it is. And it, it, it it's a struggle because uh, some people differentiate between uh, uh, content and the creator and say that, you know, the creator's actions or beliefs don't affect the content and others don't agree with that. And, uh, you know, th- there's not really a fine line. You know, I think most people are kind of straddling that line, trying to figure out. Where's the right place to be? Where's the wrong place to be? There isn't a direct answer for it. And so it really comes down to, you know, if, if you like something, like it. But if liking that contributes to something bad in the world that you don't like, maybe rethink that. Right. I like how uh, through your,
1: going to the next question, I like yeah. how uh, through your commentary in some of your videos, we kind of get glimpses of what uh, Acme the company is like. How do you view Acme as a company in your skits?
0: So Acme is a a hyper-capitalistic company. The idea originally was, and still kind of is, that because it's villain support, that this company is focused on profit and nothing else. Like I, I looked at how difficult it is to deal with insurance companies and student loan companies and banks. And I tried to make ACME like the ultimate heightening of how difficult that is. Like, one of the gags is that, you know, we say have an ACME day, and having an ACME day costs anyone having an ACME day $1,800 per day. And it's a giant pyramid scheme. Uh, you can refer other people to have an ACME day. Um, which means they are now paying to have an Acme day. And the way you have an Acme day is by watching an Acme video, interacting with the Acme staff, etc. So it's just like the whole gag is that we're basically charging everybody in all realities, 1800 bucks a day, just because we exist and no one can do anything about it, which is kind of like the, you know, the insane fees and, and charges that you get from, insurance companies and doctor's offices and, and uh, banks and stuff that make no sense. It's like, how do I make the worst company ever? And then make it funny. <laughs> That's awesome. I
1: really love the kind of poking, like it's lighthearted. I know that you yeah. don't necessarily mean, but it, I like that just kind uh, of poking at the system in that way.
0: It, it, it's definitely a social commentary and, and I've put a lot less focus on it recently and I kind of want to get back to that focus of, like, you guys think this is funny, but pay attention to how how horrible of a company this actually is.
1: Right. Did you ever play uh, Outer, I think it was Outer Wilds or something like that? It was made by Obsidian, the makers of the, uh, like, fourth Fallout game? That I don't a- believe that I did. Oh, that was a pretty fun game, and it ha- also had a kind of capitalist, social commentary aspect to it too that's what it reminds me of
0: yeah um have you seen the anime uh trinity blood nope okay, have so seen it so some of the characters are vampires that feed on va- on vampires it's like a, a, a another level of vampire and so like you know a, a, if, if if all villains are vampires Acme is the vampire that feeds on them
1: right as well as kind of also selling to both sides the, uh, as
0: the merchants of war, as you might say. Yeah, absolutely. We, we, we sell to both sides. Um, we try not to give one side or the other side an advantage, but when it's to our benefit, we do.
1: So you mentioned earlier that you've been in improv. How long
0: have you been doing that? Uh, So I've been doing improv on and off since 2007. Uh, I started in Chicago taking classes with uh, Comedy Sports Chicago. I took classes there for about a year and a half. I never got onto the performing company. And then we moved to Iowa. And I was part of a troupe there called Comics in Action, which barely exists anymore. I think they do a couple things a year. Um, But uh, they kind of fell apart. Uh, five, six years ago. And so I didn't really have any improv to do until I moved, uh, to upstate South Carolina, or I'm now a member of alchemy comedy, um, here in the Greenville area. And I took classes here and now I'm, I'm a, a performing member. I can say that word performing member of the company here. So, uh, I'm typically in one to two shows a week on Thursdays, um, at alchemy comedy, which is underneath coffee, underground downtown. That. I don't think that's interesting. You said alchemy comedy? Yeah, alchemy. Like like, like the, the ancient art of converting lead to gold that doesn't actually work. Right.
1: If you ever get a chance, actually, check out... Uh, oh, God. Uh, Twitchy Witch. Uh, Twitchy she, Witch? Yeah. Uh, okay. On TikTok. She has a kind of alternate view on how alchemy works that kind of makes more sense than the old uh, okay. lead into gold thing. I can do that. Yeah, if you uh, if you ever feel like exploring something like that, give it a give it a look, see. We'll do. <laughs> um so you've got a store uh starting up pretty soon. Uh it'll be open by the time this podcast comes out. Would you mind telling our yeah. listeners a bit about that?
0: Yep, uh it's going to be at villainsupport.com. Um it's going to be a combination of of mer- of typical merchandise, you know, shirts, hats. Um polos cups mugs you know mouse pads etc stickers but then also um we're gonna have 3d printed things uh i make videos primarily uh with a guy named levi um who is uh, known as magix m-a-g-i-c-i-k-s on most platforms um and he does 3d printing and so one of the things we're 3d printing are the different goofy products that Acme comes up with like we had an idea for um, uh, a creature called the double miniature teacup mosquito dragon. And that is a a tiny dragon that by itself doesn't do anything, but they're like mosquitoes. They, they travel around in swarms of, you know, hundreds or thousands. And that turns them into basically like fire breathing air piranhas. And so we've got a 3d print of those that'll be available on the site. Um, I created another creature that I'm not going to say on here because it's got a dirty word in it. Uh, but it was a joke gag about Elf on the Shelf and it's an alternate product for that. Um, We're going to have uh, other stuff as well as we come up with videos about creatures and and items. Um, We'll be able to get them designed or find a design that fits it and license it and then print those and sell those so people can get the things we're talking about from our site.
1: That's great. That's definitely going to be something to look into. I will add your site as well as Anything else that you would like to promote to the show notes?
0: And then is there anything else you'd like to promote before we finish up here? Yeah. Uh, so there is another another improv group that I'm part of called Never Decaf Improv. Um, you can find them on Facebook and I believe on Instagram. Um, Never Decaf is an independent team made up of current and former members of Alchemy Comedy, the the larger company that I'm part of. Um, But we do independent shows, but we also do online shows. Uh, They're going to start joining us on YouTube and then eventually Twitch when we get that up and running to do uh, pun games, play Jackbox games live, um, and just provide some more comedy entertainment from people who are good at making things funny.
1: That sounds awesome. Um, Didn't you also say that you had a Patreon?
0: Yes, uh, that will be launching maybe this friday probably next friday uh we're a little bit behind on getting that set up it'll be patreon and youtube memberships are going to launch side by side um they're all they're going to have the same tiers and the same benefits um but that'll be another way for our fans to interact with us get some benefits you won't get by just watching the content um and also you know uh get discounts on some of our products
1: sounds good
0: I will, again, all this stuff will be in the show notes, but
1: that's all I have for you today, Chris. Uh, thank you very, very much for uh,
0: doing this interview with me. Yeah, for sure, Trey. I, I appreciate you reaching out and asking me. You're the, you're the first podcast interview I've had, and I'm looking forward to more because this is a, this was a great experience.
1: Awesome. Well, for the rest of you guys listening, have a wonderful week, and I will see you next Friday.